It's the most enchanting time of year. Pumpkins, gourds, and mums appear. And you can get it all this fall at Prairie Gardens. Create your dream garden with an explosion of color with the prettiest mums around. All on sale. And you'll love the fresh cabbage, kale, and pansies. Plus a bounty of pumpkins and gourds aplenty. With PG Plant experts always on hand to answer your garden questions. At Prairie Gardens, locally owned. Plant experts, extraordinary gardening, home decor, and more. Good morning and welcome to Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel and we have our experts standing by. They include Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Hey, good morning, Marianne. Good morning, John Weisgarver. Good morning, Tamara. And good morning, Steve Brown. Uh-oh, okay. Good morning, Tamara. Oh, that's why. I, I oh, that. I can't text while I'm... You uh, don't have three hands. Yeah. Okay. Error. error. Whatever. We'll, we'll, now we got it. <laughs> hey, join us at the store if you can. 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. Or join us by phone at 217-356-9397 or text us at 351-5357. All right. Wasn't, I started to say, wasn't it fun? We had a live audience last week. Yeah, we had a, a lady come and sit with us all all through our show. Wasn't yeah. that awesome? How cool is that? Yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was nice. Yeah, and and I made a little motion like you know, do you have a question? And pointed to the mic. She's like, no, no, no. She just wanted to sit. <laughs> yeah, and she watch. just wanted to watch. That's all right. That was awesome. Nothing wrong How with cool that. How cool is that? It was. Yep, that was very cool. It was very sweet. And then she was and then she was able to stay and chat for a little while. That afterwards. was nice too. That yeah. was nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right. So yeah. We invite anybody else to come and join us. Absolutely. Yes, and enjoy this lovely furniture because yes. we sit back in the in the reclining section. It's pretty cushy, isn't it? With pillows mm-hmm. and yeah. coffee. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I got and this little teddy bear upholstery chair. It's pretty a soft. teddy bear upholstery chair. <laughs> it is like teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's, it's not missing an eye or anything like that. Mm. It's not one of those worn out no. teddy bears. He put his scissors <laughs> in the side so they're not missing anything. Oh, okay. Yet. You know, it's it's not like. Coco, my beer. Huh? Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid. Wow. Oh, you remember that. That would be a lovely Gee, how did you rare. name it? Why did you name it Coco? Let me guess. Because it looked like Coco. Because he was already aware of colors, brand. even at that age. Oh, yeah. You clever devil, you. Yeah. Speaking of colors, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Marianne and John have a salad here mm. today that's made of nasturtium, which is a... Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an annual, if you want to call it an herb. Uh, we sell it in both categories. Nasturtium, basil, tomato. Um, what else is in there? Uh, pumpkin seed, uh, balsamic maple syrup. Um, and dates. And dates. I can't wait. So it's... Uh, it looks I, phenomenal. I, it, the colors so are just... So colorful. Unbelievable. It yes. is. Unbelievable. Because the flowers on this particular variety of nasturtium are the same color as the sun gold tomatoes, maybe just a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's really, I mean it, really pretty. Yeah, and the variegated foliage, the green and uh, white leaves of the nasturtium just complement the basil and everything else so well. Yeah. Nasturtium, I've never heard of that. Is like a, a lettuce or a cabbage family? No. Type of? No. No. Because it looks leafy. annual flowering vine. We sell a lot of it by seed, and we sell, you know, a reasonable amount in in plants. But most people don't know what it is. Um, And we we typically have it in plants over in the herb area just because it comes from one of our suppliers more often than not that sells a lot of herbs to us. And so we just, same size pot, same everything, it just goes over there. And... 
they'll typically offer what maybe three varieties or so, and yeah. Yeah. some have yeah. more of a just a solid green leaf with an orangish flower. This particular variety has a variegated green and white leaf with a little bit more of a golden, almost a Stella de Oro color yeah. flower. Um, so it's pretty good, and it's got a, a I'll, I, I call it a radish taste. You said peppery taste, mm-hmm. taste yeah. maybe. That's what that's how I describe it. But I think radish is a great great way to describe it. Yeah, too. that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, only it's pretty. Well, radishes are too. Nasturtiums made famous by uh, Givernay, Monet's home in France. Oh, the the the, the arch, artist, the famous arch. Yeah, okay. The famous arch and and nasturtiums growing down into the pathway. Really? Yeah, and so that's just the picture everybody thinks. Well, not everybody, obviously. We all do. Now we, we wake up thinking that. We go to bed thinking <laughs> yeah. that. Right. <laughs> oh, I remember my grandma growing nasturtiums. Oh, we, yeah, we had them at home, yeah, too. Did you? Yeah. You said it's ivy? Well, it's it a grows like a... Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's a... every. There's different varieties. Some climb more. Oh, yeah. And th- this particular one tends to be just more bushy. A little bush, yeah. Yeah. And by bush, that's an exaggeration, but it's a mound. I'll call it that uh, way. A high bush. Yes. A low Ish. bush. Uh, this a, one, a, wide, this one, a wide one. This No, this <laughs> one's really just... Fairly compact. Oh, cool. Uh, probably 15 inches tall, maybe oh, really? 18 inches in diameter. See, I'm just used to them being viney and, and moundy-ish. Yeah, this one is nicely contained. <laughs> and, uh, again, the, the people, if, if they're aware of them, they probably think more of eating the flowers, like you might a, a pansy or some other edible flower right. plants. But the foliage is delicious, too. It looks yes. like you would go to a expensive restaurant. And have that for brunch. Yes. yes. I, could you plate that for me, please? And it would cost fifteen dollars. Mm. No, maybe more. More. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it did feel cheap when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so nasturtiums are a spring flower, so you you plant them in the spring. Okay. So uh, and do really well by seed. Oh yes, yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. how we sell most of them. Yeah, yeah. By we seed. we sell, we used to plant them in our vegetable garden at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's where they were. So uh, this gorgeous weather we're having, does it get oh. your fall gardening chops going? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm even thinking about changing out my pots at the front door. Boy, oh it's time. Gosh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, yeah. I got my pots in so late that they still look great. I, I mm. It's like. Yes, that is my problem as well. A problem, I know. Yes. What Gee. a problem. All, right? <laughs> right now, my Vinca, they're it, beautiful. It looks like it's not a problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, can I pull those up? Well, I can because I'm looking at all the beautiful color we've got in now. And it's so fallish. And the fall colors are just so rich and mm-hmm. yeah. warm. And I just love that. So this time. I, I, my favorite container that still looks really, really good has uh, one of the bronze leaf cannas with an orange flower. Mm. Is the yeah. thriller, if yeah. you will, and then it's got some penta in it, and it's actually got a, a one of the snapdragons that has um, a little bit of a soft yellow and a little bit of oh. the um, magenta color around mm. the edge Ooh, of it. Nice. So it looks great with the, the bronze foliage of yeah. the canna, sure. and it looks really good with the penta that's a, nice. that hot color. But it, it and then it's got some spring rye and some other things trailing out, but. If I was going to do something to that, I almost would just add knife in an ornamental pepper. Sure. Yep. Just for that texture and that other yep. color pop. Yeah. And then maybe walk away. Or maybe a gourd or a pumpkin. Yeah. Something like that just to pick out that orange color. We've That's got a mess do. of those right now. Let me tell you. We do they have a mess awesome. of them. awesome. They're just beautiful. Some of the best I've ever seen is good. Just a good year for, wow. for who, who are new. Why? Because some people are having problems with other things in their garden. But... 
These guys didn't have any problem growing pumpkins and gourds, did they? They are phenomenal. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. for the most part it's going to be a, a good pumpkin season. It's going to vary. If, if uh, some areas had tons of rainfall, they had more disease probably on their, Maybe, on yeah. their uh, pumpkins and gourd crops, and they may not be as bountiful, but uh, these particular growers uh, had just about the right amount of rainfall. So, looks and, like it. And so the plants were healthy and very, very productive. Yep. Looks um, like but, yeah, they look fantastic. But well, just that little pop of color from something like that just makes all the difference. And, and as you mentioned, even just placing those in the container exactly. it gives you a different shape, different texture. Exactly. And then I was telling uh, my wife about the John Wise Garver varnish. Yes. Spray varnish it technique. It works. Uh, to keep the squirrels away. It works. It does help. Thumbs On up. the pumpkin? That's right. Yep. Absolutely. It works. And that I actually tried it be. last year. <laughs> yeah, because I, I have it, plethora of squirrels in it. Oh, it does my gosh. Help. It I helps even, a lot. I cannot begin to tell you the issue with squirrels this year. I, every, practically every other person that comes in asks me about squirrel repellent or something to get rid of the pesky squirrels. So I don't. There you go. Just talk to and them. Then, and then some containers, you know, that was an example of a container that could just use a little something. Yeah. Wouldn't have to have it, but could use a little something. And then I've got some other containers that's like, I'm done. Right. Rip, it, rip yeah. it all out. Yeah, let's, I'm over let's, it. Let's mix <laughs> some mums in or some of the other let's fall annuals in. And <laughs> I'm done with my begonias. You know, I'm just ready. They I need had, to go. Yeah, I had it. Th- and this is the thing you should do this time of year is evaluate what did well for you and what didn't. My salvia have been, annual salvias have been so gorgeous this year. I just, I don't want to rip them out except that it's just really time to let them go. They just look great. And I feel the same way. On some of the tall ones, like the black and blue, mm. yeah. where they're kind of so, so all over the place and yeah. maybe even outgrow the container. But the hummingbirds are still going nuts. Seriously. Yes. And I can't, yeah. I just can't yeah. take it away from them. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's a great excuse. It is a good excuse. <laughs> Don't, they not only look beautiful. Yeah. Okay. It's past summer. But so the they're, they're just not done. Right. Eating. So they got it. You know, you got to leave something. For and them. Probably the salvia that I've been most impressed with. And I don't remember which variety from Proven Winners it is, but it's a little bit more compact. But it's that fuchsia, hot fuchsia color. And it's not the taller one, but it's more of a shorter one. Um, and I'll have to go back through and. They had one, they had a rockin' series. It yes. I, I, and I don't yes. know if it's the rockin' one, if, if that's this more compact one, or if that's the tall. I don't remember because they had two yeah. different ones that we carried. Yeah. So Des was just telling me yesterday about one that, that has been planted at her church that was called, um, I think, Singing the Blues. Play in the blues. A play salvia? in the blues. Yeah, play in the blues. She showed me a picture of it. It was the most intense color. I could, I couldn't believe it. She said it's upright. It's been colorful the whole season. It's been planted, and I had a purple one like that. It was a little more compact. The foliage is nice and rounded, mm-hmm. and the 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 flowerscapes themselves are only about eight or ten inches tall, rather than being really long and lanky like the black. And, and I white. think we're talking the same, talking the same one. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, but it's it been fantastic. Gorgeous. Oh, mine's been. Just fabulous. Well, and we had one of the growers had mixed in a fuchsia colored salvia with the playing the blues kind of salvia together oh, yeah. in a hanging basket mm-hmm. or a combo yeah, yeah, pot. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what inspired saying, hey, let's just mix them together. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. There you go. But hey, gorgeous. We have a text yeah. uh, at 351 5357. Experts, I see all of these mums ready to bloom. Are they a plant that I'm to transfer to a soil spot? And will it winter over and come back? Absolutely, it can go in the soil. Yeah. 
I think they look but terrific. But it can in the stay soil. in the container too. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Very flexible. I might consider uh, bumping it up into a little bit larger container, just so you might not have to water it so often. Yeah. But um, and of course they are not perennials; they're just annuals. Well, they're, but. they're there's a they're, I'd call them a tender perennial. They have a chance of overwintering, but we we don't really push them as a perennial. We just call treat them as a fall item. Mm-hmm. If I was going to try and overwinter it, I would plant it as soon as I could and do all the soil preparation and whatnot. And I would definitely have to mulch them to get them to overwinter. And it mulch, though. Let me clarify that because most people that have told me that they've gotten them through the winter, they, they don't just mulch over the top of the top of the crown they mulch over the entire plant don't exactly cut the, don't cut the plant yeah. down in the in the fall after it's done leave leave all the foliage everything up and mulch over the entire thing that's a big mound of mulch so yeah, it, it i'd is. say a, at least a 12 or 15 inch high pile 18 inches whatever and then it's going to be if it's going to be that tall it's probably going to be 18 or 24 inches in diameter and use a shredded bark type mulch so the water sheds through it and exactly. it doesn't you don't want to use a heavy mulch yep. like regular compost uh, and as Marianne said, don't cut the plant. The stems are actually hollow, and you, yeah, and you allow the <laughs> and you let the water in and the cold air in. So that's why you leave it up. And then there's a really good chance you can overwinter if you do that. But if you don't do that, there's a more likely it won't. <laughs> more likely it. than not. <laughs> yeah, and they it need to be planted fairly soon. Otherwise, True. if you plant them late, they're not going to have time to establish their Absolutely. roots. Absolutely, and they have a shallow root fibrous root system so they can heave another reason to plant them sooner and that's why that mulch also helps keep that freeze thaw from going and and disturbing the plant absolutely so enjoy them in container enjoy them in the ground as john said if you want to try and overwinter them you're probably going to have to do that yeah otherwise there's other varieties of chrysanthemums in the spring in the spring that marianne sells that Mm -hmm. But don't have the same appearance as no, these guys. No, they don't. As the fall moves. It's, it's a, they're usually larger, taller plants, and uh, they bloom earlier. Um, and I'm sure you could probably pinch them. I've never tried that. Uh, probably pinch them back in the summer to encourage blooming later, probably, don't you think, John? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, pinching back before 1st of July, at least. Yeah. One of the most aggressive plants that I've planted that I had some regrets about over the years was Clara Curtis. Oh, really? Which was a pink one that that's similar to what, you know, it's in that same grouping that uh-huh. you were talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. But it was Clara Curtis went everywhere. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, matchsticks is one of my uh, favorites. Yeah. I like, love the looks at it. Guess what color that flower is? Matchsticks. Matchsticks. Um blue <laughs> pretty close <laughs> it has what they call a spoon petal each each petal on the flower is spooned okay. at the end and the outside is yellow and the inside is red oh wow yeah wow it's right but it's beautiful. really cool yeah they're cool but we have that in the spring those are the perennial mums are sold in the spring okay all right, good. Uh, one person wanted to comment that uh, they plant nasturtiums with the herbs each year, and, and they enjoy them as an addition to salads. Yay. Very good. Yeah. Well, Very come on in. We've got foods. some extra salad for no, you. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> Forget that. It's going to be gone before, yeah. I, before anybody gets in here. Somebody else is asking, uh, is the spray varnish to keep the rats with the tails away? The furry-tailed rats. Yes. 
<laughs> the tree rats. Yes. I think that's what I've heard them as. Yep. Yep. Yes, because yes. you get these gorgeous pumpkins, and then you set them out to, on your stoop to make them look all pretty, and then the squirrels come and they take big bites out of them the next day, practically. Uh, yeah, yep, if, just just like tomatoes, except I wouldn't spray uh, varnish tomatoes, but you know, because you want to eat those. Yeah, right. Yeah, but the pumpkins, I, it actually worked. But and what I was started to say was that it worked for about five weeks, and then as it they got rained on and the sun kind of deteriorated the varnish sure. then then and the, the pumpkin I'm and sure. the pumpkin maybe <laughs> actually no it was actually, they were actually in pretty good shape last year well don't um, you think it helps keep the pumpkin the fresher varnish. longer oh, too yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely but it kind of wore off and the the squirrels were checking they probably check every day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I probably do so. <laughs> touch, touch it yeah Just a little lick a little yeah. lick <laughs> nope still tastes like varnish <laughs> But yeah, that is a great idea, and and I'll be using that one, as I have previously. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text us at three five one five three five seven. This is Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. So besides fall decorating outside with the pumpkins and the gourds and the Indian corn and everything else that we've mums. got going on out there, and the mums certainly, um, we're changing out some containers yep. with some fresh things. Uh, what else is on your gardening agenda? Well, I just planted some ground cover and some ivory halo dogwood shrubs. Nice. Yeah. Those are pretty red twigs. Yeah, ivory halo has the um, the red twigs for winter. Yeah. And then it's green, a pale green with a white margin. Which will be nice in your yeah. semi-shaded, shady areas. Yeah. Just to light, lighten yep. things up. Yep. I, I, it does. I decided I was going to put, I have a bunch of Annabelle hydrangeas, so they're going in conjunction with those. Nice, nice look. So you'll that get will a, be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Really pretty. Because the uh, ivory halos are about five, six feet tall. Yep. And so who gave you that idea? I don't know. It just came in my head. Okay. Just popped in there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's but, John, I'm thinking about winter color. Bark is a great thing to think about, you know. I, and I've, I've, we talked about that every year practically. But the other thing, and this is, there's that's several. That's okay. always have new listeners. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. The, the bark is such a, an interesting part of the winter um, look. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, you're still outdoors or you're still looking out the window or, you know, there's, you still have the outdoors to think about in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. So bark is a great way to do it. The red twig is so stunning yeah. at, on, on a cold winter day, that bright red or the yellow twig, that bright yellow oh. look, both of them or both of them together. Oh, wow. What a cool look. Oh. But the interesting thing is right now, well, we were just talking about this a couple of days ago. The heptacodium, the um, uh, seven sunflower shrub, is just now beginning to bloom. And the bees are all over it. Huh. All over it. So it's a great um, extension to uh, for pollinators. So okay. It's, uh, and and the, the bark is exfoliating. So it has this really cool oh. winter kind of mottled look to it. The, yeah. the a lot of does. cool texture. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And our shrubs, whether it's the um, ivory halos or the heptacodiums, are on sale for 25% off. So now is the time to think about those things. So that's what this time of year is for. 
thinking about fall color, thinking about what did well in your garden, thinking about the, the things that you need to have added to your garden. Mm-hmm. It's and, a great time to do and it. And get it done and oh, enjoy that, it yeah, at right. this fall. <laughs> Don't yeah. just think about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, you're just going to enjoy it all spring. And exactly. you're not going to be out there fretting about how I'm going to get it done. Oh, it's yeah. soil's too it's wet. It's too wet. Or it's yeah. 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 This, it's a great time to it's plant. A great time to plant trees and shrubs. It so is. there. Good, good. So you're doing that. Anything else on your gardening list? So coming up, I'm going to get another load of compost mm-hmm. to top dress around Okay, everything. So top dressing that, probably touching up the bark. Um, it could be now or it could be later, but uh, I certainly need to get more bark down just from a weed control here for the huh. fall so I don't have any cool weather weeds popping up and to hold I, in the I moisture. I the, the compost top dressing right now, too, on my shrubs particularly. I just like yeah. doing that for shrubs. And then in a, a month or so, I'm going to start putting in um, fertilizer for the evergreens. Oh, yeah, nice. So have oh. up in the winter. Well, and I think that's a good point that really – middle of October or, or beyond to the middle of October to the middle of November is a great time to feed trees and shrubs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're And then most importantly, continue watering, especially the evergreens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way oh, up yeah. until the freeze. They, they need to have that water up into their systems to get through the winter well without burning winter uh, wind burner. Mm. So got to do it. But the most important thing, you guys, houseplants. That is true. It's time to start thinking about it. Don't just think about it. No, exactly. Don't just think about it. If you're going to treat for creepy crawlies, bugs, yep. get her going with the systemic in the soil. And we're finally getting temperatures that are cooling off at, at night. So what is it this weekend? Maybe down in the low 50s. So when we start seeing yep. those temperatures consistent all night long, it may be 50 or whatever, 51 for like 15 minutes. But And that's not long enough to do any damage. But when it's all night, in those kinds of temperatures, which is typically end of September, beginning of October. Okay. So you've you got to start getting your treatments done now, you know, hosing the plant down, getting your contact um, insecticide on, and then your systemic that re- they really work. They, they really do. So it's Absolutely. a great way to treat your houseplants. We've had a lot of customers uh, talking about whitefly. Oh, yeah. Recently, this is their time to they be flourish. active. Yes. They flourish. And that's an important reason to start with that insecticide regime. As it is. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> Somebody's asking, could you repeat the way to get rid of squirrels? Oh, <laughs> if there was a way, <laughs> we would share it. <laughs> but the way to keep squirrels off of your pumpkins uh, is to spray some varnish on them. That's right. John's tip. John uses a matte finish, of course, versus a glossy finish. Well, oh, do you? You are right. But Absolutely. sometimes. I'm glad you mentioned that, honestly. Well, but depending on the, uh, the, if there's a lot of veining or coloration, oh, yeah. then if you can In intensify that with the, with the shiny. Exactly. Oh. If the sun yeah. glare is not too much. Well, that's a reason it'll just reflect back into the squirrel's eyeballs, too. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it'll blind them and they won't be able to find your yard anymore. Yeah. Blinded by well, there the is squash. That saying about a blind squirrel, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, so, then, and then, yeah, your, your Marianne's tip is uh, to respray the varnish after a few weeks. After a few weeks. I yep. think that would probably help off. a little bit. For, in my case, I, mm-hmm. this, the squirrels are so persistent in my neighborhood right now. I just, I, and honestly, I've had so many people complain about them. But the, the best we can do is, is offer a repellent 
that actually does work, except that you have to continue to use it after it rains or after it's been on for a, a little while. The instructions will tell you exactly how to use it, but it repels them and just sends them to your neighbor's yard. <laughs> so. so kind of recapping some of the things besides fall decorating with the pumpkins and the mums and the annuals and all the stuff. Great time to plant trees, shrubs, perennials. Oh, my gosh, yep, yes. You name it. Transplant. So you, can, you can do any of that kind of stuff. Certainly watering still. You guys are top dressing, uh, side dressing with some compost on some of the yep. uh, the plants, uh, barking just to help mulch in, keep the weeds. Because there's a whole other crop of weeds that flourish in the cool season here. Oh, uh, yeah. And if you can mulch in well and stay ahead of all that, plus holding in the moisture as you go into the winter, thus the watering, making sure especially those evergreens are well hydrated as we go into the winter um not and then fertilizing trees and shrubs more of a mid-october to mid-november kind of thing uh some light pruning but not heavy pruning we wouldn't yes. want to redirect yeah. any bunch of growth but if Precisely. that branch has been bothering you yes. or hey i wanted to get rid of that oak branch that's low because it hits me in the head every time i mow underneath it you know yep. maybe it's you're, you're past that summertime where you shouldn't be pruning oaks. That You could probably go ahead and cut a couple branches off of that. Um, not too late to do some vegetable gardening still. Uh, oh, yeah. At least with leafy greens. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some uh, a modest selection of some cabbage and broccoli and yes. cauliflower and mustard and some, some plants out there. And I still need to sow some spinach seed and some lettuce seed, and it's not too late for me to get that done if exactly. I get it done maybe this weekend. Exactly. Yeah, with the warm soil temps, you should germinate pretty quickly. Yep, absolutely. So still time to enjoy that, and certainly still time to enjoy what you grew this spring and summer, whether it's tomatoes or peppers or some of the melons and things that are still coming on. I'll have to talk to the squirrels about that because I didn't get any of my tomatoes. Ah! Really? They got them all. Really? Yeah, I'm at war. <laughs> That's not acceptable. No, it is not. <laughs> and you, you missed some uh, some uh, salsa on Thursday too. That was uh, see. You probably still smelled it on all of us on Friday. Yeah, I, <laughs> I see how the. I, you like your garlic. I live with this. <laughs> My friends. Hey, we have a, another text. Okay. We have many bees, parentheses, okay, pollinators, Marianne. All right. <laughs> Currently, and they're doing their thing, but when I'm watering, they get irritated, and will they sting? You ever run into that where you're well, trying sure. to water plants and then? Yeah, I just try not to aggravate them too much. Yeah. But, and you know what? I, I, well, the, they can sense fear, so you don't want to, like, ah, freak out when they start uh, buzzing around you, but. Right. Just keep on doing your thing, and I'm I, supposed to be here. I think I think that's a good point. If you're not aggressive or fearful, yeah. uh, I think if you're just watering, I I personally have never been attacked or stung. I haven't either uh, by watering, and I've and oh, I'm, no, I'm saying not. even like an African blue basil that might be three feet by four feet that has thousands and thousands yes. of flowers on it and hundreds and hundreds of bees at one time. Yep, never had a problem, but. I approach it like you're doing it, and I'm not coming through and going, Yeah, not a fire hose thing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm watering as I should water and drenching it. It's almost like they can sense that I'm doing things to help the plant, yeah. which helps them. I mean, it's it's a very peaceful thing. Yeah. It's funny. And, and a and slow, honestly, easy the, motion. Yeah, the bees actually need some kind of moisture. I mean, they need to cool off. They get they get mm. heated just like anything else, and, and a little bit of moisture is helpful for them. But, you know, if you go in aggressively, like Steve was saying, and, you know, the fire hose thing well yeah that's that would aggravate me you know 
Right. So, well, and really, you want to be watering toward the roots anyway, sure. right? That's exactly right. Okay. So you're doing that, and then again, in a perfect world, you're probably watering in the morning before the yeah. heat of the day, so the plant's not stressed, and that's probably a good time to do it when it's a little bit cooler, and they're maybe not quite as active, active as right. they would be during warmer temperatures. Yep. Hmm. So, anyway, I would, I, it would not keep me from watering a plant in need by any means. Good advice. No, not at all. Yep. The other thing I'm doing in the garden is waiting. 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 Waiting I, for the I bulbs hope, to come in, well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Slow waiting. I, yeah, I am, actually. Um, there's a couple of evergreens that I want to dig up and move. Mm. Not quite time yet. It's going to wait. And you're going to really? wait f- for another month I was going to say three or four weeks. Yeah, so that's about a month, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to wait. I want to do it right now, but um, it's just too early. To, they, they need to be dug up when they're a little more into their... Uh, dormant oh, season. They won't be dormant, but they'll be close. You got any more peony moving that you're doing, or are yes, you done with that? I do. No. Mm. I In fact, I haven't started that out either. I, I just uh, want to make sure. I don't want to lose them. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, kind of apprehensive. But uh, one of the tree peonies I want to move is probably 15, 16, 17 years old in mm. that location. Wow. So it'll be a um, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> Just don't. That's a little scary, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How deep would the yeah. roots be at that point? I don't know. Oh, I guess I'm going to find out. Oh, okay. w- would you move just about any herbaceous perennial now? Yes. I think I, I would, too. I can't yeah, think, think of so. anything except maybe uh, sedum. I might not move sedums now. I might wait till spring for that. Because Maybe. I don't know. It just it makes me more comfortable. Because you want to enjoy it for I, what it is right now. I think. Well, well yeah, a lot of them are still blooming. That's yeah. I would want to s- enjoy the blossoms. Yeah, mine. Mine is gonna. Mine turn right about the same time as the uh, burning bushes turn. Oh yeah. The sedum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have. Which are gonna come on pretty soon now. The burning bush. Have you seen any color in them yet? Just no. No. Okay. The only color I've seen is just a few randomly stressed plants. A stressed plant? <laughs> Seriously. Not, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's Stress brings on color. You're right. You're absolutely. listening to Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live, and you can call us at 356-9397. We have a couple people on the phone lines, so Nina, we'll get to you in just a moment. Let's go first to Mary Mary, quite contrary in Tuscola. Oh, yeah. Hey, morning, Mary. Morning. I have a question. I, as I told you earlier in the summer, I've got a patio garden and I've got a celebrity tomato plant and it's it fed me very well this summer but it has it the plant itself is just deteriorating and it's not because I've not paid attention to it and it's loaded with uh, tomatoes but they're just not turning and I'm wondering if you know anything as to what I did or didn't do or it takes them forever to get red and ripe. And you said the a lot of the foliage has uh, been withered yeah. up and turned brown and gone? Well, it's not lower to the uh, bottom of it. It's turning brown, but it's green, but it just withers. It's withering. That's just all there is to it. And I made it mine today. I was going to pull it out and forget it. Uh, but I hate to, and it's loaded. There's some tomatoes that's pretty good size on it. They're not, they never were huge, but they were nice, you know, one meal for one person, one tomato was great for me. 
each day, but I just hate to do away with it. They're beginning kind of now to show the whiteness part of them, like, you know, maybe they'll be red before long. I don't know. I wouldn't give up on them for sure. But I've okay. had more than I've had more than one person complain of that very issue. If their tomatoes came on well, but they they're just not ripening. Yeah. And I'm not sure oh. if it's a. Uh, I, I'm just not sure. I sometimes um, if foliage did really well this year in tomato plants is yeah. most people had great foliage, and and sometimes if the foliage is too dense, it doesn't allow enough sunlight in for tomatoes to ripen. So sometimes right. you have to prune some of the foliage out, but. Yeah, and I kind of, I didn't really cut any foliage, but I kind of rearranged it in the cage part. Right, right, yeah. But now then, there's several that's out around it and has been, you know, where the sun could get to it and stuff. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I hadn't really, didn't know anyone to to talk to that I thought maybe it's because it was a, you know, in a planter that it, just took longer for him to turn. I did. I didn't know. This first year, I put a a big tomato plant in a. Mary, how of, often are you watering them in that container? Oh, I check it, and if it's dry down to my knuckle or whatever, then I give it. You know, I I water it. I don't, I'm more in the camp with Marianne as far as I just don't know. Sometimes things happen. And you can't really put your fingers on it. But if it was mine, I would probably try a couple things. I would probably, uh, even though you're doing the right thing from a watering standpoint, I might even back off on the watering just a little bit more. And well, I have if a I, if, and it's really dry now. So I thought I'd go out and water it this morning then. So, for example, if because you're a gardener and you know what you're doing and you put your knuckle down, you know, finger in down to your knuckle, and if you say, okay, it's dry enough to water, I might give it another day as long as the plant's not drooping and, and stressed. Uh, yeah. And I would consider harvesting uh, at least two or three of the green tomatoes, the larger ones, and bring them on inside the house and put them just off to the side of a bright window. Um, okay. you, could pap- you could paper bag them and that kind of thing, too, if you wanted to. But see if there's any chance you can force some of them to ripen up indoors. Uh, well. while you're still having, you know, the majority of the tomatoes outside on the plant. And I'd probably back off on the watering just a little bit and then see if I can't trigger a little more ripening. Okay. Uh, I thought I would gather the larger ones if I did do away with it today uh, and put put them aside and see if they would go ahead and ripen. Uh I've done that before. I, I think that's a great way to approach it. You know, you get to, so late in the season sometimes that um, there's just not enough time for all of them to ripen. But I've, yeah. I've taken them indoors before and gotten them ripe. Well, and that's one way to kind of get even with the squirrels, too. Yeah. Um, right. Where, you know, they, 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 don't, sure. they don't always go after your green ones, but they go after them as soon as they start to ripen a little exactly. bit more. And, and it's like, well, you're not going to have them. I'm going to bring them inside, and we're just going to let them ripen on the windowsill. Uh, and yeah. and it's, I'm serious about that. I will do that if it's if I have a lot of disease problems or spotting problems sure. or something like that too, just to try and get it ahead of time and then let it come on to its own. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I've not I've not had any squirrel problem. And it's good. <laughs> are all Yay! Over house. You best knock on. I'll, right, share, Mary. I'll share with you, Mary. <laughs> Honestly. 
<laughs> it's very and it, but I have not. I've watched because I have had before in flower pots, and I thought, boy, that oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. honestly, I have not confronted one squirrel up here. And we That's great. I'm glad to hear that. I want to know the magic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for I, calling in, Mary. I did, I, if I knew it, I would tell you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, Mary. Thanks for calling Thank in. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, doll. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, let's go back to the phone lines and talk to Nina in Savoy. Hey, thanks for waiting, Nina. How are you? Fine. How are you this morning? Oh, we're wonderful. Thank you. Um, I'm calling about whether or not this is a good time to transplant and I don't know what type of iris it is. It's the smaller, they don't get, I call them like mini irises. I, um, from my backyard to the front where it gets lots of sun, I have one plant that was planted about three or four years ago, and it really hasn't done much. So I'm wondering if I move it to the front where there's more sun, if, uh, this would be a good time to do that. What's the foliage look like right now? Um, it, it's just um, green uh, and brown leaves at this point, and it, it bloomed one iris this spring, and that was it. Um, oh, wow. And I have another one just like it right next to it, and it has grown and leaps and bounds. Um, but it, it, it is kind of uh, shielded more and um, is a little bit more off by itself. Um, so I'm wondering if, if maybe if I moved it um, to the front that maybe it would do good and if this is a good time to move it. I totally wouldn't hesitate to move it right now. I think most most perennials can be moved this time of year, but I, iris, after they've bloomed, is is a great time. So any time after they they're done flowering is a good time. But freshening up the soil because sometimes iris just get old. And, and if we don't know if this is a reticulata or Danfordi or what variety yeah, of iris this is, right. I'd also be concerned about the planting depth of the one that's not performing absolutely yep. um, compared to the one that is performing i think you're right your concept of giving it more sun is good absolutely yep. um, how would i know we don't know what variety of virus it is but how would you guys pull the soil back around the crown of the plant or just see the depth of it or how it's how, how would you go uh, well, about that it, it was landscaped in a few years ago and there's stone around it so um you know i'd be digging up the stones but but that's not a, a big deal because the rabbits ate all my asiatic lilies that they had those boogers <laughs> they love they love asiatic yes, lilies they do those yeah. rabbits those pesky yeah. rabbits so we now have you know cages around <laughs> when there I you go <laughs> so take that so, uh, honestly, um, if, it, if it's the shorter one, which it could be a reticulata, but that would be in the shade and doing better in the shade. But if it's just the dwarf German bearded's, mm-hmm. it probably would do much better in more sun. Really, but the iris like pretty well-drained soil. It doesn't, you don't want to put it in heavy soil. And this, the planting depth is really important. 
Um, I, I kind of like to leave a little bit of the uh, rhizome showing. Okay. So, so how wide say, is yeah. the how wide is the leaf, and how fleshy or thick is the leaf oh, on this? They're real thin, real, real thin leaves. Like maybe your little finger, the you know the size of your little fingers. And if you could see us on the radio here, we're all well, holding, we're all holding our our little finger right now, and kind of oddly holding our hand off to the side. Yeah. That almost but, sounds like a Siberian. It, and it might be that. Um, I oh. had requested a yellow uh, iris, and um, it was planted during pandemic, and I got a purple. So... <laughs> so it could be a Japanese too. It could be a Japanese. It certainly could. But, that, that's uh, interesting. I, I, it, not knowing what kind it is, but all of the ones we just mentioned would do better in more sun and maybe freshened oh. up soil because of the stone too. Right. Okay. And then, um, and then, if it is more of the less of a rhizome, but more of a perennial, the, as we think of a perennial with a crown, uh, I would just. Make sure, because if it was landscaped in, it could have been planted. I'm not saying that who installed it in your landscape necessarily planted it mm -hmm. deeper. It could have been planted deeper at the nursery or the garden center where sure. it was grown. Uh, but I'd just probably pull the soil back and make sure the crown is really right at the soil level right. and not yep. buried any deeper, too. Okay. And if and if it was a little bit deeper, I'd pull back some of that extra soil when I transplant it and make sure it's a little bit higher. Regardless, I'd go for it now. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, good. I, I figure this is so small, I don't have a lot to lose, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't doing an effort at the wrong time. No, you're I good. I don't think so. I think yeah, it's good. Going for it. Okay, okay right. great. Thank you so much. You have Thank a you. Bet. Thanks for calling, Nina. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, real quick, I think we can get this text in. Because uh, we only have about a minute or two left. Can I cut my peonies back now? I have some to move, but should I cut those two before I put them in their new home? Yes. How much? A all, one third? All the way to the ground. The peonies? Herbaceous peonies. Absolutely cut them all the way to the ground. They're going to die to the ground anyway. Oh. That's, it'll be easier yeah. to handle and move. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you, you might want to leave just a little tiny bit showing up above the ground so you remember where they're at. <laughs> yeah. well, and, okay. I th and I think also to help remember planting depth-wise, too. Maybe Absolutely. Maybe take a picture, of, cut it to the ground, take a picture of what the stub is relative to the ground, and then plant it, it to the more, the more so it's a good idea. More importantly, look at it after you've dug it up and make sure when you replant it that the, the growth eyes, and you'll be able to see the growth eyes now, make sure they're between one and two inches below the soil surface. And no deeper. No deeper. Yeah, not, no too, not too deep. Yep. Deeper is a surefire way to make it not bloom. Okay. That's great advice. All right. Sales going on? Oh, yeah. Everything out in the tree and shrub area is yeah. practically on sale. Yeah. Yep. Blooming, blooming shrubs, deciduous trees. The mums are all on sale. There's just the so mums. much fall color out there. And then oh we've got gosh, so yeah. many pumpkins and gourds and yeah. yes. all the fall decorating stuff. It's right. just fun. Fun time. Yay. It is a great time. All right. Thanks, you guys. You've been listening to Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live with our plant experts, Marianne Metz, John Weisgarver, and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer is Dave Leak. We'll have a podcast of this show available later today at WDWS.com. And you can also find previous episodes there as well. Just go to the top, click on Multimedia, and you'll find the podcasts. Stores open. Till 6. And then tomorrow. tomorrow. 10 to 5. That's sweet. 
All right, come on out if you can. If you can't, enjoy your weekend and go Illini. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take on Virginia. Another season, another reason to update your home for fall at Prairie Gardens. There are fall blooms for every room with 50% off all silk stems, branches, and berries. And new fall placemats, napkins, and more, just $1.97. You'll fall in love with irresistible candles and scents. Large 15-ounce candle jars, just $6.97. Plus, haunt your home with Halloween collections full of spooktacular finds and savings. Prairie Gardens, extraordinary gardening, home decor, and more.